Everybody's Talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. Hello and listen, I'm here on a mission to educate, empower, engage, and entertain on the show with the flow that keeps you in the know. We hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more. I'm Tanisha Baker and you're listening to Talking with T. The theme this month is just chill in June. So chill, if you will, as I spill a thrill. We're cool with hot news pulled together just for you. It's June 18th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, beautiful actress Zoe Saldana, pop singer Paula Abdul, and timeless beauty actress Felicia Rashad. Today on the national calendar is celebrated as National Martini Day and National Watch Day. Yesterday, we celebrated Father's Day. We honored those men that have had a role in raising our children. So I wish blessings to all the present fathers and male role models. I salute the fathers that have pictures in their wallets where money used to be. And you know, you get a special bonus if you know all the lyrics to If You're Happy and You Know It, and the wheels on the bus go round and round. Now, as I start to talk about fathers, let's start with the positive. Research shows that more African-American dads live with their children than live apart from them. These dads care for their children, play with their children, teach their children, and pray with their children. Unfortunately, not every child had a present father to celebrate on Father's Day. Now, there are some greeting cards that wish mothers a happy Father's Day. And of course, I've only seen these cards among those in the African-American greeting card line. Anyway, this acknowledges the number of single mothers that are managing households alone. Now, please know that I applaud and respect the sacrifices and the diligence of these women. Some say that mothers are playing the role of both mother and father, but I dare to argue that it's impossible to do that. Although we are well aware that many mothers take care of her children without the support from the father, and many mothers raise successful children. That's not the point that I'm debating. I believe that a mother, in fact, cannot I repeat, a mother cannot play the role of a father. There are certain things that fathers bring to the table that a mother simply can't model. This may be a little controversial, and I'm okay with that. But if the absence of a father made no difference, the statistics for children that grow up without one would not be so disheartening. Before I go further, let me go on record as acknowledging that a father does not have to physically live in the home to be involved or to be a present dad. Right now, I'm specifically talking about absent fathers. Additionally, the issue isn't which parent is most important. An absent mother is just as detrimental. Now, this day is recognized as Juneteenth. It is the oldest holiday in the United States that commemorates the abolition of slavery. It is actually the date in 1865 that Texas got the news that slaves had been emancipated in January of 1863. See, it took a minute for for them to get the news. 
Now, not many young people know about this date. Of course, it isn't taught in school, and we didn't have a big celebration or a recognition locally, but it is still worth commemorating and teaching our youth about this date. You can find out more about the history of Juneteenth on my website. Harriet Tubman said that if she could have convinced more slaves that they were slaves, she could have freed thousands more. I feel that same way today. If we could convince more people that we're in a fight, we'd have a better chance of winning the war. The war on poverty, the war on drugs, the war on abuse, and the war on racism. If you want to join this war, you got to have the right weapon. You need courage and dignity. You need pride and persistence, as well as education and consciousness. Well, okay, I guess that's enough of lecturing today. Let's take note of today's happy highlights. My first happy highlight is about LeBron James, who is set to donate two and a half million dollars to the National Museum of African-American History and Culture, as well as another happy highlight in that Beyonce announces the recipients of her Formation Scholars Award. She decided to mark the one-year anniversary of her Lemonade album by creating the Formation Scholars Award, which is a merit scholarship program. There were four recipients of her award, and you can read more details about these young ladies as well as the criteria through the link on my website. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back after we hear Keeping It Real with Roxy. She's been added to the staff to help make you laugh. Welcoming to the show, the rocking and rolling Miss Roxy. Well, all right, listeners, I have a special guest on with me today. We promised you bigger and better things as Talking With T is taking it to the next level. And today I have with me Miss Roxy. And I want to introduce you to her because she's a comedian that I met not too long ago. And we thought about bringing some more comedy, some fun, some lightheartedness to the show because, as we know, it's a lot that goes on in the media that can bring us down. It's a lot of gloom and doom. But we don't want to rest in that all the time. So first, let me welcome Miss Roxy. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you. Great. So I want to welcome you to Talking with T. Glad you decided to be a part of our show and bring some entertainment and laughter to our listeners. But before we do that, I would like to learn a little bit more about you and kind of how you got started in comedy. So first of all, let me back up. Roxy is your stage name, right? Yes. Yes, So your real name is? Michelle Robinson. Michelle Robinson. Okay, mm-hmm. but we'll call you for Miss Roxy from here on out. And, well, Miss Roxy, tell us where you're from. I'm from Harriman, Tennessee, about 45 okay. miles west of Knoxville. Do you do comedy full-time? No, I don't do it full-time. I would love to be there, but I'm not there yet. But, no, I don't do it full-time. I do um, a lot of shows in the Knoxville area. Um, I do okay. family reunions, birthday parties, anything I'm asked to do, churches, I do it. I oh, okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and claim you said you want to do it full-time, right? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, we'll go ahead and claim that. So how did you get started in comedy? Believe it or not, through a general conversation I was having with an actual comedian, 
in general conversation, we were cutting up and just talking, and he had told me that he was into comedy and was about to do a DVD. He was saying he wanted to bring a female onto his team, which was X Entertainment, and asked me to consider it. So I prayed over it over the weekend, and uh, that Monday morning, he called me at 6 o'clock and said, okay, what's your answer? And I said, yeah. So we started there. My first time on stage was doing a, a live DVD. And uh, it was a great show. That was in 2009. Oh, okay. And sadly, he passed away in 2012, uh, suddenly from a brain aneurysm. And I kind of slowed my role at that point. He saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. So I decided I'm going to get back out here and I'm going to try this thing again and without him because he was a great mentor and I didn't know if I could do it without him. But I wanted to prove to him that he didn't make a mistake in adding me and having that, that faith in me. So I went to Side Splitters in Knoxville that is now closed. But I, I started doing open mic, and I loved it. And I said, I'm not going to stop again. And and I haven't. Uh, from there, I just did your local birthday parties and family reunions and, and churches just to get out there and, and get my name out there and get some laughs out of the people and it worked and then last year um another guy took me under his wing and said hey i think you got something i'm going to introduce you to somebody that's big time that's been coming to town and he introduced me to comedian gravedigger i auditioned for comedian gravedigger who is big time he's been in it 30 plus years and been on Comet View, uh, BET, Comedy Central, everything. And uh, I auditioned August 27th of last year, and he signed me on the spot. It's been great. Oh, well, I signed you on the spot, too. You sure I did, just put that out. I just want to put that out there. You did. <laughs> so. it, I felt so blessed because I was already feeling good. You know, I just came on the stage there at uh, Chihuahua Park doing the summer right. cash down. And when you approached me with that, I was like, thank you, Jesus. I started to run across the stage and just sit at their shout. <laughs> hey, that would have been all right. One thing, you know, we like to shout on talking with T, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. So, again, I want to welcome you to the team. And listen, keep, <laughs> keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. You're going to hear Rocking and Rolling and Keeping It Real with Roxy and her newest comedy segment on Talking with T. Hello, 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 you all out there in Radio Land. This is Rockin' and Rollin' with Roxy. Miss Roxy wanted to talk to you all today about my dad. With yesterday being Father's Day, he and I spent some time together where I was the driver of everywhere that we went. Well, you know, it's kind of hard when your parents get up in age. Because they want to tell you how to drive, you know, along with everything else. So he says, uh, coming up on the red light. Light red, stop, stop. So I'm stopping. Before the light turns, he says, when the light turns green, you know that means go. Now, I want you all to know I've been around for a little while. And I know that that green light means go. But my dad presses on the brake while I'm driving. Of course, he has no pedals now. But he is pushing so hard on that brake. I have never seen such a sight in my life. I know at times we do that when we are the passenger. 
But that movement of his, he gets to eating and jaking and going on. And for y'all that don't know what eating and jaking means, it means itching and jerking. But my dad is from Alabama, and he says things a little bit differently. So he is eating and jaking. If you can visualize, and his eyes looking like he's about to pass out, not only is he a passenger seat driver, he is also a recent widower, and bless his soul, he wants someone in his life so bad that he has now learned the Internet at 76 years old. And he came across this site called holesinyourarea.com. Now, what I want you all to know about that is we live in a small town, see, and everybody knows everybody. And him being here 60-plus years, he said his share because Papa was a rolling stone. Believe me when I tell you that, okay? So he says to me, I've been trying to figure out how I can get some companionship. And, guys, I know he's lonely. I know he's lonely, okay? He's learned the Internet. He's got one of the new Galaxy phones. So he decides he's going to go in there and see what websites are out there for dating. I want y'all to know it had on there, hosesinyourarea.com. Yes, that's what I said, y'all. I said, oh, my Lord. Tell me who this is. Because, see, the reason I'm saying that, like I said, he's been here 60 plus years in this small town. My daddy know all the holes in this area. I mean, really? You thought there was going to be some new old holes? We'll see. There's some new young ones, yeah. But my daddy's not the type to go for no young girls. So I didn't understand why he was even on the website looking them up. Because he can actually go through his phone and call them. You know what I'm saying? You have just been rocked and rolled with Miss Roxy. Put your ears on blast. This is going to go real fast. There is so much news to share with you. Listen close to today's Monday Minute Quick Bits. Let's congratulate Beyonce and Jay-Z for welcoming twins to their family. And speaking of babies, Serena Williams is still playing tennis, although she is currently pregnant. And not just a little pregnant. She is in her third trimester. The case against Bill Cosby ended in a mistrial. Some celebrated while some were sickened by the outcome. The mistrial was declared after the jury, who had deliberated for more than 50 hours, found itself deadlocked. Congressman Steve Scalise is in critical condition after being shot this past Wednesday during practice for the annual congressional baseball game. Zachary Dre was taken into custody as a fugitive after stabbing his black engineering roommate. Clifton Taylor, who was the president of UNLV's National Society of Black Engineers chapter. Taylor already had a job waiting on him upon his graduation with Northrop Grumman Corporation, which is a global aerospace and defense technology company. Taylor was described as kind and soft-spoken. And I am saddened and heartbroken about this young, brilliant mind that was taken too soon. Michelle Carter, 
the teenager who encouraged the suicide of her boyfriend through multiple text messages was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Carter now faces up to 20 years in prison and poor Steve Harvey is under fire again. He told a resident of Flint to enjoy your nice brown glass of water and social media went wild. You know, they went in because many people didn't think it was funny. Harvey said it was just trash talking about sports since the comment was made during a call about the Cleveland Cavaliers losing to the Golden State Warriors. Finally, a woman sues a casino after hitting a $43 million jackpot. The casino then said that the machine malfunctioned and offered her a steak dinner instead. Now, y'all know, baby. Had that been your girl T, I'd still be handcuffed to the machine waiting on my $43 million jackpot. I am so happy that Professor Jay is feeling better and was able to join us today to cover our trending news. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be back at 100 because last week I didn't know if I was going to make it, but Ooh, we bless the Lord on today. All right, all right. Well, we're going to start with talking about the controversial Sheriff David Clark, who took his name out of the hat for a position with the Department of Homeland Security. And rightly he should have. Yeah, because I think some things were about to come out and expose him for maybe some fraudulent activity or some plagiarism, some things like that. So he's trying to go low-key right now. But never fear, Trump appointed African-American Lynn Patton, who has been the Trump's family event planner, to run the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Developments Region 2. And I'm just curious if there are any of his appointments that are going to be based on actual experience and credentials. Now, I'm not hating, Jay. I'm not hating because I, I know she got a right to get hers. But you know what I'm saying, like, come on. Well, I, I can I can kind of feel your lack of hateration in the dancery because you know this is, <laughs> this is one this is this is one more face that looks like us in 45's cabinet. However, I, I, I like you. I'm a little concerned. She has no experience. Um, she is tied up with Donald Trump's son-in-law, I believe. And uh, so she tied up with what? Donald Trump's son-in-law. Is he? Oh. I think she was the one who planned his wedding or something. That's how oh, okay. he managed to hook up or some sort of connection that was there, uh, based on what you know I've read. But you know, she was she was already in the forty-five circle before this mm-hmm. appointment. And like you said, she has no experience. Uh, she is uh, a talking head, so to speak for uh, 45, and from what I've read, she sings his praises. She's even gone so far as to write about her experiences as a black woman in the Trump administration. So, I mean, part of me wants to try to see if I can manage to make my way into the cabinet since it does not require any sort of experience. (laughs) You know, hopefully maybe I'd be able to effect the positive change, you know, 
instead of going to the going to the left, maybe we can move this thing towards some sort of sense of homeostasis. But I don't know. But I don't even think I'm I, I'm checking for 45 like that. So never mind that. But anyway, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I was sitting here thinking silently while you were speaking. That would never work, Professor J in the no. White House. <laughs> No, I, I don't. I don't think he would be ready for me. No, I, I'm sure he would. Well, let's go on to a big story trending in the news that disturbed quite a few of us: the acquittal of the police officer that killed Philando Castile. And if you remember, he uh, was killed during a traffic stop last July, and that sadly reminds us of the dangers you face being a black man in America, especially if you run into law enforcement. And so, you know, one could accuse me of over-exaggerating. But you know me. I went to digging some facts. I went to the U.S. Census Bureau, and I cross-referenced some reports, and I came up with this. An estimated 447 people have been shot by police in 2017, with mental illness actually coming into play in about a fourth of those incidents. Now, black people are shot and killed by police at a rate that is two and a half times greater than that of white people. And also, if you happen to be an African-American male between the ages of 15 and 34, get this, you are nine times more likely to be killed by police than other any other demographic. And from what we know, 258 black people were killed by police in 2016. Some would argue that white people are killed as well, which is true. But 34% of the unarmed people killed in 2016 were black males, which is extremely disproportionate since black men only make up 6% of the U.S. population. So I feel I'm not exaggerating when I state that it is some danger you face being a black man in America. Jay, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm 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 inclined to agree with you because after that verdict went forth, you know, that gave me even more reason to be concerned as a black male, a young black male, uh, mm-hmm. in America, and it's almost as if, you know, they see the color of our skin, uh, they see that we are young men. They don't take into account the fact that we may be articulate, the fact that we may be educated, whatever, whatever. You know, it's just that it's it's almost as if there's a, a feeling or a sense of open season uh, on black males by uh, policemen. And my thing with this whole verdict, I sat here shocked and amazed, even though many of my peers were not surprised that the verdict went down the way that it did. I, on the other hand, was a little bit more hopeful, perhaps mm-hmm. given the fact that this was an incident that played out on Facebook Live, and I, when I heard about the verdict, I immediately hearkened back to the first time that I saw the video. I was very reluctant to watch it, but I said, okay, let me bite the bullet and see what this is about because so many people were reposting it. And I, I don't really care what dirt they try to throw on Philando Castile, uh, whether it's unfounded or not. This young black man was shot in broad daylight by a police officer after his girlfriend 
had clearly warned, you know, the officer that, you know, he did indeed have a weapon. And so th there was really no reason for things to happen like they happened. And then for and the then verdict to happen like it did, I'm just like, WT. Yeah. Fill it, you can fill it whatever blank that you want to put in after that. It's like, how in the heck? And then as I was uh, preparing for today's broadcast to refresh my memory on everything, I looked at the officer's name, Geronimo Yanez. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. doesn't sound like an Anglo-Saxon name to me. No. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there. So it would right. seem like to me that, you know, perhaps he is, of, I would venture to say, maybe Hispanic descent. So does he not realize what it's like to be a minority in America? Or is he hiding behind the privilege of a badge to freely do whatever he wants to do, which is now even more so evident by this verdict? You know, I don't know. Last week I talked a little bit about it seems there are some type of commonality or some strand that runs through a certain group of people who decide to be police officers. There's some characteristic that makes them, I don't know, power hungry or right. feel that they have to exert power excessively. And it seems, you know, I don't know if it's a phenomena or what it is that needs to be studied. But for that many people collectively in one profession to have this same similar trait that allows this con to continue probably should be studied. Now, the other thing that bothered me about this, now didn't they say, wasn't his child in the car, a young child? Yep. Yeah, this, this was bad. And like we say, you know, some people weren't shocked, but I think I, I was hopeful as well, Jay, because I thought it was so clear-cut with the video evidence and all that what he had done at that point did not justify the immediate death scene. And so right. it seems like you have some states and uh, some police departments that are kind of dealing a little more harshly with those that are using excessive force trying to curb it, but then you still have some willy-nilly that, and I think those officers know that they're pretty much going to get off. Now, at the time that they are committing the act, I think it's their own character that does. I don't think they're thinking about repercussions from it. And, again, they often, and, and some have said, feel threatened by the strength, the agility, the size sometimes of black men. And, to just be threatened because you're in the presence of a black man, I don't know how you determine that before you give them the badge, the shield, the gun, or whatever, but they shouldn't be police officers because that's something right. that people can't help. And again, you know, you know that, that, makes me, that makes me wonder and even question, you know, my own safety uh, as a black man. Now, granted, I'm, I'm not, you know, the most, athletically built, I'm not the most physically intimidated, but here I am, I could be pulled over just for no reason, all 153 pounds of me with my glasses and everything, glass to my dog's music, <laughs> and it, 
it makes me wonder, you know, is is this going to be the time that I'm going to be taken out simply because of who I am and what I look right. like, regardless of, mm-hmm. you know, my education, my connections in the community, whatever, whatever. Well, administrators of Monta Vista High School in Corpatino, California, are under fire after failing to take action following the discovery of a hit list targeting black students. And I don't understand how this could not be considered important, especially when you've got racial tensions that are increasingly evident in our country. So now they discovered this hit list. And we know we've seen the school shootings and the campus shootings and just these random acts of violence based on hatred, bigotry, whatever. And someone had the audacity to take the time to create a hit list and it go ignored? I don't understand, Jay. You the professor, explain it to me. I I mean, I I can't seem to make it make sense because, you know, as you were talking about the story, the first thing that comes to my mind was like, okay, what was the first set of eyes that saw this hit list? Mm -hmm. If it were the eyes of a student, then, okay, undoubtedly some student reported it to perhaps a teacher if right. that student didn't necessarily go to the administration. And if, you know, it went to a teacher, it, I would guess, next in the chain of, chain of command, go to the administration. And if the administration does nothing, that clearly says how the administrators feel about the students in that school. You know, right. Like they, right. they don't give a flying fig about students of color, african American. Uh, students in that building, right. and I, I'm just I'm just trying to make it make sense, and I just cannot. I cannot. Right, right, and you know what? I, I mean, on the show, one we do talk about things that may be racially charged. Now, it's not fake news. This, these are things that are coming from credible stories that keep happening in our country that I think we need to talk about, and whether it's with our Black listeners, our white listeners, these are things that are important to us and important to our community and really just important to our country as a whole if we're ever going to attempt to mend or bridge the tensions that are going on. And when things like this keep happening, you know what I mean? We're at a loss. Like, who, how did they miss the memo? Well, I have one more story, Jay, that I want you to explain to me because I'm not sure that I'm familiar with all of the details, but I did read where gospel artist James Hall is following a lawsuit against a, quote, jilted bishop who claims he got the wrong idea when Hall tried to show him a Christian fellowship. And I might be defining that differently than they are, but Hall said that when he helped Pentecostal Bishop Jeffrey Thomas through an illness, It was simply an act of Christ-like love. But the bishop became romantically interested in Hall and pursued him relentlessly and even flying into jealous rages when Hall drew the interest of other men or women. What is going on? I mean, do you know anything about it? I know you keep abreast of such things. Well, now, 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 now let me just go ahead and throw this out here. James Hall is one of my favorite gospel artists, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to 
to look at this. I've seen this story pop up quite a few times, so I'm trying to look at it through some unbiased eyes. I've mm-hmm. seen the backstories for this particular incident on one of the major religious blog sites that has a tendency to be a little messy. Um, okay. And as people say, this particular blogger, even in his messiness, has the receipts, uh, although not as salacious as perhaps the uh, saints, paints, wannabes, whatever, might want them to be. But, you know, um, I, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to kind of just table my comments because, you know, I'm, I, I got, you know, a couple of little James Hall CDs over here. I'm looking at them right now, and I may have to, you know, go bump them to kind of get my mind right for the remainder of the day as I go forth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. Well, Jay, I'm going to leave it at that. I see that you're going to refrain from shedding any insight or light on this James Hall story. But I tell you what, if it stays in the news, you know I'm going to bring it back up because I'm really curious about what's going on here. It's a lot of words and things that seem to imply one thing but not confirm it. But anyway, that's okay. Um, We're going to let that be it for this bit, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say next week. And you know I'm going to say it. All right, now. Wow. We discussed many topics on Talking With T. And if you would like to share your thoughts and opinions, call 865-409-1170. We would love to hear from you. There's always so much going on in the media. We just don't have time to report it all on the show. You can find out more information on the stories we do report by visiting the Talking With T webpage. So stay engaged and keep up with trending news and hot topics by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You need to make it a point now to visit my social media outlets and just scroll through the page each day to stay on top of what's going on and to stay aware of issues that are important to our community, important to our nation, and important in our world. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But remember, you can listen to Talking With T anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, or Google Music. New shows will continue to drop each Monday. Now you can visit the webpage and listen to the latest edition of Talking With T, which will play immediately. In the meantime and in between time, subscribe to Talking With T Daily the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Life is like a camera. Just focus on what's important. Capture the good times and develop from the negatives. And if things don't work out, just take another shot. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.